Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. Smash that subscribe button. We appreciate all the support. The subscribe button is just down there or follow on your favorite podcast, you know. Benny, where can they find us on social media? You can find us, Ray Benny Sports. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Check us out also on Reddit and Discord. Uh, and leave us a rating, like you said, on our, your favorite podcast provider. We got CFL talk. We got NFL talk. We got Winnipeg Jets talk brought to you by Fahrenheit Airbrushing. But let's start off with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who played the Elks in their final regular season game at IG Field. Next game is November 11th for the Western Final. It's a Saturday. Yeah. It's a Saturday, y'all. Don't forget about that, Uh, (laughs) which I think might be a very good thing. Yeah, I like it. Get out of the NFL's way. Do your doubleheader on Saturday. Have a new staple in the cfl schedule they did something right would you change the great cup too no i i think i might i would not (laughs) that's great uh bombers elks let's talk about the good uh of course the historic combination of Oliveira and dembski both over a thousand yards uh i'm gonna move this question up uh when we were talking in the rundown as we do before we do our show i totally forgot to mention this but are they the best one two canadian punch in the history of the league yeah, they're up and there. And this is like offensively and defensively we're talking about here. Yeah, I don't know. Did you find any other ones? I know uh, the one I found was uh, Michael Shea and Kevin e- Ebion. Ebion? Uh, yeah, Kevin I- Ebion. Ebion, yeah. yeah. So that was the only other duo I found, and they were obviously a fantastic linebacker duo that, you know, helped Toronto win a lot uh, when they were playing. So uh, I would say if you're going to go offensive and defense, it's a toss-up between Dembski, Oliveira, and, and those two for me. Yeah, they were dominant Canadian linebackers from 03 to 08 in toronto won a great cup in 2004 uh personally of course for fun i'm going to shout out chris welby and miles Gorell as the book ends in winnipeg i'm sure there are other canadian combinations as well but obviously both of them are cfl hall of famers uh, I don't, they weren't in their prime when they were together but both of them together at the same time were still damn good yeah uh, so i'll shout them out and i'd say uh on the offensive side Ben Cahoon and Jock Climey, when they oh, were in yeah. Montreal together, both of them broke the road, 1,000 reception mark uh, yards. Reception, imagine that, 1,000 receptions. Uh, receiving yards? Yard, the, just 1,000 yards, too? That would be insane. <laughs> One yard each. Just just painfully getting your way down the slow, field. Slow, slow, slow. A lot of offsides in their favor. Uh, yeah, in the 2000 season, they both broke that 1,000 reception yard mark, but they never won a Grey Cup together. That's a difference. So Yeah. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there's some other ones. So you're you're with. saying Dembski and well, I guess Dembski and Oliver have won a great cup together, but Hopefully this year this I guess season, they'll have to with the a thousand yards each. It would be nice. It would be <laughs> nice. Uh, anything good? What or what other good did you have for the uh, Elks and Bomber game? You know what? Shout out to the fans for this because you know what? Another sellout uh, over thirty two thousand. They averaged over thirty thousand, uh, almost five hundred or whatever as their average. They're up from last year. So shout out to the fans who kept showing up, even when a lot of them knew at this point that the Bombers had already wrapped up West uh, first in the West as well, um, and they still show. So that's good on my end as well to see all those fans continue to pour into that stadium. Best fans in the CFL. Uh, of course, I'm biased. The yeah. D-line uh, really got to the QB. It was nice to see, I think, four or five sacks, including Evan five, Holm. Yeah. 
but it was great to see Cam Lawson get in there. Like this guy's in his third year. I think we got him in a trade with Montreal going yeah. into his fourth year. I really expect that guy to take a step forward. Uh, I'm not saying Jake Thomas is going anywhere, but as regarding to that rock, the Canadian rock on that D line, I think he could possibly be that next Jake Thomas. So I'm really cheering for him what he got on the stacks, the sack stat line. That's why I'm going off on Cam Lawson. Yeah. And it's good to see Willie Jefferson get two as well in this game. Jeff go yeah. with a strip fumble. Um, that big hill returned, but good for Jefferson because, you know, we, we were on him a little bit, you know, mentioning the fact that he hadn't got touchdowns in a while or uh, sorry, sacks in a while and all that. Right. So good to see him step up and probably his last action, probably the season to the West final, you know, most likely uh, good to see him step up and get those points in, in there. So, or sacks in there, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Any other good on your end there? Yeah. The rushing altogether. O-line played a great game. No sacks given up. Uh, 153 mm -hmm. yards total for the Bombers, two rushing TDs. Um, that, to me, was a big play and shows they're ready uh, as well going into the playoffs because, you know, the weather here in November, I mean, there's already snow in the forecast coming this week, so the weather yeah. in November is going to be even worse, so you got to have that running game purring. Even when Johnny Augustine was in there, he got a good yeah. few runs, and he's probably going to get a lot of work in the next game, and we'll talk about that as well coming up. Um, I think in regards to good, I'm going to give a shout out to Edmonton. Their offense, there were glimpses of how good they can be going to next year. Like that trade forward to Eugene Lewis, he gave him 11 targets. I think he came up with seven receptions. I should really write these stats down rather than try to just remember them like an idiot. <laughs> uh, uh, and then you add Kevin Brown, who's probably the best big play running back in the league. You add him into the mix. They could be a very good uh offense next year especially if trey ford progresses as a quarterback and takes a step up and i'm sure he'll do a lot of off-season quarterback specialized training and everything to take that step forward yeah that was something you expected out of eugene lewis earlier like for the whole season right and it just didn't work out great uh he had his moments early in the season well, obviously cornelius wasn't that great of a quarterback either then lewis got hurt um so yeah i get to see that connection going we'll see where it goes it uh, you know there was some news of firings today, but so far Edmonton uh, still has Chris Jones there and it looks like he'll be kept around for another season at least uh, okay. to see what he can do. And and hopefully, like you say, he can progress forward, right? Start off on yeah. the wrong foot this year, benching him, probably even make the playoffs with Ford in there. Um, so, yeah, not a great move by Jones early, but good to see Ford finish. Yeah, and as a CFL fan, you want to see Edmonton do well. Like seeing them have crowds under 25,000 uh, or touching 25, 27, maybe it's a, it's a bit sad because yeah. they were a pillar franchise were, and I think they can still be again, they still are, you know, but you know, that the attendance is really hurtful there. Well, especially with quarterbacks in this league, right? There's not a lot of great quarterbacks. So it's good to see some of these guys getting some experiences here. Uh, you had a bunch of guys in Hamilton. Unfortunately, it didn't work out great for Crum in Ottawa. But hopefully that's a step forward of more teams having better quarterbacks than just half the league, right? And then yeah. you, Drew Brown, he may end up somewhere as well next year. Yeah. Uh, and not to go off on Kevin Brown too much, but the Bombers did hold him to 41 yards on the ground. So that's a good good sign on the defensive line again. Yeah. Any other goods? And then, and then they kept Ford only to 14 yards rushing. So that was a good sign as well that the rushing deed yeah. looked solid there. Um, I'm going to give props to Rashid Bailey. He hasn't been used a lot, not a lot of receiving yards this year. Um, didn't very, I think he had maybe less than 40 for this game, but he ended up with two touchdowns, two nice catches in the end zone. So good for him. And it's good to see him get on the score sheet. I wonder what it was 
uh, about Trey Ford having less yards. Were they trying to have him stay in the pocket and develop as a passer? Or did Richie Hall find a way to scheme him? Because we did see Kyrie Wilson spy on Trey Ford a lot of the game, which I'm sure a lot of teams do anyways. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's a combination of both. Yeah, if you're Edmonton, you definitely want to get him better at pocket passing and not run right away all the time, right? So yeah. Yeah. Last ch- opportunity with live bullets for a long time. Well, yeah, they're done, right? No more games this week for them. So yeah, bye. They were expecting yeah. to rest for the playoffs. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, Edmonton. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> At least it's not Winnipeg this time with two weeks uh, of buys kind of thing going uh, into the playoffs. Any bad slash ugly uh from this game? Um, the bad for me is seeing Dalton shown in a walking boot. Uh hopefully, you know, he's ready to go in a couple weeks, but uh a bit concerning there. And then just uh the kick return for a touchdown by Edmonton. Their their first in I think eight years, they said. So that was it. The coverage team still not looking great. Yeah, and of course, you know, it sucks losing Dalton Schoen, and hopefully he will be there for the playoffs. But when you see a walking boot, you're like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and they do have a lot of depth on that receiving core. And it was good to see them bring in Greg McRae more into the offense and aggressive running and passing. He got a touchdown, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, and they're trying options there. So, yeah, that'd be a, a tough piece to lose. But hey, we got to buy. Yeah, they got to buy. We. Yeah. And then, uh, that's his game too coming up this week. They can they can feature some of these guys more and get them more playing time at Cray and get them ready for that West final just in case Dalton Jones not ready to go or someone else, right? Yeah, and it and it's not just that Edmonton got a kick return and is their first in a long time, but he just went up the middle. Yeah, didn't get touched. Once, right? One think. side of the field up the middle all the way to the other. Here we'll use this graph. He started like over here. <laughs> And then he went there. See, that's cool. We never used too bad, that. Too bad you couldn't draw on the screen. Oh, that's technology. <laughs> we'll try. We might have to go see producer Grimy. Give him a ring-a-ding-ding. Uh, what's your strategy going into the Calgary game? Well, I'm pretty sure rest and recovery is there. Yeah, you might even leave some dudes at home, give young guys snaps. Uh, but also be wary. Be wary of who you're playing. Uh, and maybe it is, you know... Beyond getting hurt, I think playing Calgary is a reminder of a bad year that we oh, had. Oh, now I'm you're not, bringing it up. I'm not bringing it up totally up, <laughs> but I'm using it as an example of not just that team, but giving them access to your starters and them having confidence going into a possible playoff matchup. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want Zach Caleros to go in there and get exposed and they have just the confidence alone having that extra juice is something different. So I'd say leave them all at home if you yeah. can. You that's know. that's with me too. Rest as many guys as you possibly can. Still feel the team with all the leftover guys and whatever. Zach Clark, I'll leave at home. Uh, maybe even Jeff Cope um, because he's been dinged up here and there on that injury report throughout the season. Even yeah. Willie Jefferson, any guys that you can, any guys that you possibly can that are starters in the, on the defense or offense. I know you can't do everybody, but as many as you can leave them home or have them sit on the sideline and, and just go into the playoffs as healthy as possible. Don't sleep on Calgary. They just no. beat BC. Yeah. Oh no, I know. But I, I mean, they don't need to win this Man. game. They're in the playoffs, right? So they, they may be resting a bunch of guys too. Who knows what they end up doing, but, but yeah, you, you don't want to give a team like Calgary been there before momentum going into the playoffs. Um, Cause yeah, it could come back to bite you. That little extra juice. <laughs> 
let's go into the CFL grades. Uh, I'll start and I'll go. You know what? Here I have. Uh, there you go. Didn't <laughs> it's yeah, a Pilsner. Pilsner. <laughs> I'm starting off with Saskatchewan. I'm going to have one for Saskatchewan. They're actually not pretty bad. I'm going to give them a D. Uh, you know, it's just tragic. The interception that cemented. This is crazy. The second year in a row where Saskatchewan has ended the season with seven losses in a row. That's crazy. That's not That's crazy. Good. Man. Dickinson is not coming back, uh, but they're bringing back O'Day and Reynolds. They get a D, maybe not just for the game, but for those decisions. I don't know, man. Yeah, that is that is interesting to me. I I, I expected both of them to be gone. Um, to keep O'Day a uh, three-year contract now. Um, like if it does not go well for him next year or this team, how much second guessing is going to happen? And then we got this cap. You're not going to be able to get rid of O'Day probably after next year, anyways. So. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy where they were, right? They beat BC. They beat Bombers on Labor Day weekend, and then straight downhill from there to lose seven in a row and miss the playoffs. That's wow, horrible. Yeah. That's only a couple seasons ago that they were battling the Bombers in the Western Final. Yeah, and then it all fell apart. Yeah, Dickinson forgot how to coach or didn't know how to coach. I don't know what it was, but uh, Toronto. I'll give him an A. Um, you know, on this game. They played some backups. Kelly didn't finish. Uh, Dukes came in and finished the game and led the game-winning drive. Uh, they tied a franchise for most wins in the season. They could break that next week if they win one more. So uh, they're at 15. So good game for them. You know, and they and the thing is, Saskatchewan was at home. You're winning. You're at home and you're winning, and you still find a way to blow it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Toronto is now this? this particular team is in the conversation of greatest Argos teams ever? Not yet. Um, those teams won great cups. Uh, this team still has to win a great cup. And if you go back to the Flutie mid nineties teams, those teams went back to back 15 win seasons in both of them and won great cup. So we'll see. It, it, I know Toronto won a great cup last year, but they weren't as good as they were this year in the season. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if they win another one this year, uh, I'd still want to see them compete and finish high at least next year, even if they don't win a great cup for them to be compared with those teams. But last year to me, they, their great cup win was more of a fluke this year. Right now, if they win, it would be, you know, proof that they are a good team. Would you say they're better than the Gretzky candy team? But then again, and Ishmael. I don't know. It they have to win. They have to win this great cup to, yeah, for yeah. Me to start thinking about that right now. No, because it's a different team than even last year with Chad Kelly at the helm. Uh, but that team in 90 um, or 91, sorry, was really good. They were pretty good. They yeah. were pretty good. <laughs> uh, BC Lions, I'm going to give them a D. What was that about? Not going with VA it, it's, oh, in an important game, home field, and a bye is on the line. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah and how you left yourself open to second guessing, right, for the West uh, Semi, who's going to play? You know, uh, <laughs> why Why would you even leave that door open at all? I mean, not like Damon Evans came in and lit it up. So obviously, yeah, you're going back with Vernon Adams, but there's going to be questions about it. And if Vernon Adams struggles, are you going to yank him right away? I don't know. Dumb move there by Campbell. <laughs> what was he doing? Ugh. Like, what was he telling his team at that point? Yeah. And, and the <laughs> fact that even on the broadcast, he said it's not injury related. It's performance related. <laughs> like... <laughs> like leave it open wow. maybe a little bit that, it, that it, there's a possibility that it could be injury related or whatever but yeah um counterparts calgary i'm going to give them also an a who would have thought that the running game would be key for calgary this season <laughs> yeah exactly we said it a few times and i know these guys have been hurt 
Logan, Kadeem Carey, you know, Dietrich Mills here and there too. So, you know, they finally had uh, Logan and uh, Kadeem Carey in this, and the team went for over 200 total yards rushing uh, to blow out BC. So, again, we talked about the running game, cold weather. If Calgary can get this going and stick to it, well, you never know. We saw that running game firsthand when they came to Winnipeg, yeah. and they abandoned it in the second half for no logical reason. Exactly, yeah. Well, they see, don't sleep on them. Don't sleep. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I'll give them a B plus. They won the game they were supposed to win, but those couple big plays. Yeah. It's not a new thing with the coverage team on the kickoffs. That's got to improve. It's got to they- improve. They gave up a couple of big plays too on defense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they ended up in well. They ended up in scores after, but the play big players weren't for touchdowns, I believe. But Matty Arsenal. Arsenal had like a seventy yard, seventy seven yard, or something like that. So, yeah, got to be cautious of those, uh, especially when you're gonna if you end up playing a team like uh, Toronto or even BC with their receivers. So, um, Edmonton, so I'll end them up on a C. Um, they hung around in this game. I know the final score ended up being more of a blowout, but Edmonton were in it for a bit. Um, you know, and, and so like we said, we talked about last week, some of these guys are going to be checked out. Some of these guys are fighting for a job. And that's kind of what it seemed like some of the players on this team, some were giving it all and some weren't totally into it. So uh, I'll end up their last game of the season with a C. Yeah, I'd say if I was an Edmonton fan, I'd be optimistic with this roster and this coach. I'd be yeah, better than la- way better than last year, right? So, oh, yeah, I didn't think they were going to do very much this year. And they didn't for the most part, but they turned it around. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Bomber CFL fans, put your comments in the comment section below. Let's move on to some Winnipeg Jets talk brought to you by Fahrenheit Airbrushing. Stand out on the ice, pavement, or the field with a custom airbrushed helmet or goalie mask. A local Manitoba business with affordable solutions for any project. Check out Fahrenheit Airbrushing on Facebook or call them at 204-891-7431. Tell them Rain Benny sent you. Let's talk about the week that was for the Winnipeg Jets. Started off with the Kings, then went to the Knights, then the Oilers. Thoughts on that? Man, go ahead. LA. I mean, that, that game is probably their worst one of the season. Not probably. It was their worst one of the season. Um, not only did Gabe Velarde end up getting hurt as well, uh, PLD scored the first goal of the game, and it just wasn't a good all-around effort. 5-1 loss uh, right from the goaltender out. Uh, in that one so disappointing effort when they had looked good uh, at least offensively against Calgary and uh, Florida they they laid a dud in that one attendance woes continue smallest crowd in 2.0 history I'm not smiling because it's funny it's just weird and awkward and not good and I'm not going to buy into this all they're relocating like this Rod Peterson says in five to ten years give me a break like the NFL landscape financially or economically or whatever you want to call it is much different than it was in 1996. You know, they yeah. own this arena. They're making money off this arena. They're, <clears throat> they own like part of downtown. Like, come on, settle down. Uh, then they played the Stanley Cup champions who are starting the season 6-0 and right now. They're 5-0 and when they beat the Jets. Or were they 6-0 and when they beat the Jets? I can't remember, but uh, it wasn't 5-0, I believe, yeah. Still didn't draw 12,000. We're going to continue to talk about attendance until it gets better. Um, yeah, that's a good team, man. Yeah, and the, and the Jets were probably the better team in this when they outshot them. Now, Logan Thompson made some wicked saves throughout the game. He had that big paddle one on Perfetti. Um, and the Jets, they, they 
carried a lot of this play. They just couldn't beat him. And again, Russell was okay in that. Not another good performance by the D. Uh, Vegas power play ended up two for two, and they scored a late one to, to take the lead four three. So yeah, good effort. Just got out goalied a bit, and you know ends up in a loss. Is Iafalo the most consistent jet playing right now? Seems like it. Yeah, I mean, I would give Shifley credit as well. Besides this LA game, um, hmm. he's been looking pretty good. But yeah, Iafalo so far uh, looks like a good pickup. Yeah, I, I really enjoy watching him play. Um... Thoughts on Perfetti playing the wing? I was a fan of that. I always wanted to see that. I don't know if it'll be long-term or because of injury and just because of shifting, but uh, I I don't mind it. It's interesting. If they would have done it at the beginning of the season and kept him on the wing, sure, good. But to me, you gave him three games only. Um, You know, didn't not much of a chance to grow into that role. I don't know if the injury to Velarde changed anything there or what, but... I would have liked them to see at least get a few more games, but he does seem very comfortable on the wing. Scored a goal against Vegas, got absolutely robbed against Vegas. So <laughs> still a young guy. Um, so hopefully it ends up working out for him on the wing. And right now they played well with him on the wing. So that last brutal hit that he got into the boards, was he playing the wing on that one? Uh, no, I think he was still at center on that one. I think that's got to be a factor in it too. He's yeah. got to work so much. Not, I'm not saying so much harder at center, but he's responsible for so much more defensively. Uh, it's man, it's tough. It's tough for that kid. And maybe, yeah, it'll take another year of him in the NHL and him growing into it, like you said, growing into a bigger body. Yeah, And then he could move to center. But we'll see. Uh, I like him at wing. Yeah. Now they played the Oilers, or then they played the Oilers. Great comeback. Um, a lot of it has to be, not a lot of it, some of it, has to be attributed to losing McDavid. I think it was kind of the turning point in the game. Don't want to slam on the Jets or anything, but and he, I think McDavid's out like one to two weeks. Yeah. So we'll see. They're still a strong team, but uh, yeah, good to see special teams doing something shorthanded and power play getting a goal to tie up the game. Yeah, they got down early, like you say, Hallibuck, not a great start, but he settled in, um, you know, and kind of stole this game a little bit. 38 saves, kept them alive, gave him a chance to come back. Like you say, McDavid getting hurt probably doesn't, or obviously does not help the Oilers, um, especially when a lot of their guys, you know, their top guys aren't scoring besides McDavid and Dreisaitl. So um, turmoil starting in Edmonton, or is it ramping up even more? Um, again, Skinner came out in that second goal on the power play when they were on the power play, which ended up being a Winnipeg short on a goal, tried to poke check the puck, did not get it in the Mastercraft scored. So another blooper by the Oilers, uh, the, or goalies. That overtime one was nice though. Which yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't fault Skinner on that one. Really. That was a nice play by the Jets. Let me bump this question up since we're talking about contra- controversy in Edmonton. Let's talk about Evander Kane, his ice time fight comments. Thoughts on that. Right now, for me, it's the media blowing it out of proportion. Oh, maybe like social media actually blowing it out of proportion. I don't know if it's necessarily a a shot at Woodcroft. Like, I get it. Kane has a pass. But I think he's more trying to maybe even bump up the team and cause a little shit that way. But I'm not going to buy into he's he's been a locker room cancer again because of this comment. Not yet. It's got to start somewhere, right? (laughs) Uh, it's an interesting comment. I mean, the guy's brought there, he's being paid good money to score goals. And so far he hasn't scored any, right? And of course the Oilers are losing. So things get magnified even more there, right? So um, 
but yeah, interesting comment by him. Hopefully it's not the start of something. Usually when he says something tongue in cheek, he gives that little smirk at the end of it. This, the, when you're watching the video, he doesn't kind of give that. He seems very serious about it. No, way, so, yeah. that's not true. That's not oh true. yeah. So it's an interesting, but he's got to start scoring goals. Edmonton's got to start winning. He's got to start doing his job and scoring goals. And no one wants, the Oilers don't want to see him fight unless he absolutely has to. Watch him after he says, oh, you know, I might as well spend seven to eight minutes in, in the box. Uh, he, there's a tongue in cheek there. And like, I get it. He has to score. And I've, I've, of course, between you and I, I've always been the one to defend this guy. I don't know why. But uh, if you don't have ice time, then how are you going to score? Like, it's not, probably, magic, it's not like magically, oh, here you go. You got your shift. Are you, did you score a goal? No. Okay. We're, no, sorry. That's not going to, no, you got to give him his ice time. It's still early in the season. You know, I like, did. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing. It's still early in the season, I, uh, you know, and there's a lot of overreacting all the time either way. Right. I mean, totally in, in all these games. So I didn't check his ice time before he ended up with 14 in this game and still not on the score sheet. So Ooh. anything else about the Jets and Oilers in the week that was? No, just good to see the Jets get a win uh, at the end of it. Uh, so hopefully they can build off that. Let's talk about a little bit of the upcoming week. We've got the Blues and the Red Wings. Let's start with the Blues. Any thoughts on that matchup coming up tomorrow in our calendar here? Uh, should be a good one. There are always tough battles between the Jets and the Blues. Uh, the Blues are 2-1-1, one, one, giving up a bunch of goals, more goals than they've scored, but their penalty kill is worse in the league right now. Again, four games into the season, uh, but their penalty kill is down at the bottom. Their power play hasn't been very good, so here's an opportunity for the Jets if they can take advantage of the power play and score some goals and we've seen the jets being able to score goals so far this season so yeah on the road against st louis it'll be tough but hopefully they can pull it off it definitely could be a good opportunity for the offense to get going and it could be a great opportunity for hellebuck to really solidify himself a couple games in a row get some momentum going you know could be the game that he needs at the right time uh detroit man this is a tough go just because they've been going crazy right now obviously they can't go this crazy all season long uh dippincrat dip, dip i knew i'd mess his name up <laughs> i mess everyone's name it ad alex dibs he's on fire he has eight goals and is that, i wonder if that's what they call him in the locker room dibby dibby <laughs> dip, dip, they have all those you know it does it's the, the, the imagination on these hockey nicknames is very minimal any yeah. which way eight goals in six games and like they're getting five goals a game so this could be very tough for the Olympics. and they're young and they have yeah. fire and they have attitude and they play physical so ooh. well you can say six games they've scored 30 goals total so they're at five goals a game clip <laughs> which is kind of unheard of and like you say they're not going to keep this up right just like matthews wasn't going to score hat tricks every game um <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Toronto, come on, come on. <laughs> 15 goals again. So somewhere in the middle of the pack. So they've given up a lot, a decent amount of goals uh, as well. So, but yeah, Debrinkat and Larkin, they have looked really good so far. Um, the Jets are gonna have to find a way to shut those guys down. And Halibuck, he's from Michigan, right? So we'll see. I'm assuming he's gonna get the start there as well, uh, just because he's from there. So hopefully he can That's keep true. this week going strong. Where's Andrew Cop? Sorry for in my Detroit. ignorance. Okay, he's just making sure. There yeah. you go. He's a Michigan kid, so yeah, yeah. it'll be great, great to see him. Jets fans, put your thoughts in the comment section below. Let's move on to some NFL talk. Let's talk about the most impressive and most concerning, or impressive win and most concerning loss and why. Let's start off with most impressive win. What was your most impressive win this week? There was a few to choose from here, and I'm not. I'm still on the fence on them, but I'm going to take the Eagles one. Um, 
just they were impressive last night on defense and on offense. They shut down that Miami high-powered offense, which has looked pretty good uh, throughout the season, shut down that Miami run game as well. So big, uh, impressive win for the Eagles, who had not looked strong, and they also came off their first loss of the season last week to the Jets. Um, and a lot of games have been closed where they pulled it out at the end, but this one was this one was a well-deserved win. Yeah, they Miami, they had the historic pace offense. It was funny. Uh, I, I like Mike McDaniels. All his press conferences yeah. when the guys were talking about, oh, your historic offense after five weeks, he's like, yeah, well, now that we've achieved that. And then he's like, kidding. Uh, I love that guy. But yeah, they out physical them. That's the yeah. thing. And that's that should be a little concerning. They, you know, I could also put the Miami thing as a concerning because if they get out physical and then you take the speed away from them, they are in trouble, especially yeah. late in the season. So. Uh, yeah, that was a very impressive win by the Eagles, but the Patriots also beating the Bills was impressive. Uh, they're finally able to get their offense kind of going. Uh, they got a lead on them, and of course, Josh Allen with his turnovers. He's yeah. that Josh Allen always shows up at the worst time. Like he has his career and money, maybe and legacy, has been really hanging on to that AFC Championship game against uh, yeah. what's his face, Mahomes. Mahomes. He made the Madden cover probably because of that. And yeah. that was a couple seasons ago. Give me a break with this guy. But any which way, yeah, that was crazy by the Patriots. No one's making jokes about Bill Belichick this week. Not this week. He's always good. He loves those divisional matchups against the Bills for sure. <laughs> I know, eh? Oh my goodness. What's your concerning loss? Uh, I, I mean, like you said, you could throw Miami in there. Um, I'm going to go with Detroit um, because, again, they were the talk of the town. They were five and one. Um, and they went on the road and they played a very tough Baltimore team. And they looked like the Detroit Lions of old, only scoring six points, giving up over 30. So yeah. that to me is showing that Detroit's not quite there yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. I think they're going to still win that NFC North. Um, yeah, well, right. If you want to go concerning a loss for me too, right now it's the Niners losing to the Vikings, who the Vikings could step up and move closer to the Lions and and make give the Lions a run for that first place. So that's a confirmed. Ending? No, it's not. But they're they are losing with about two minutes left. So what's the score? Twenty two seventeen Vikings. Okay. Purdy well, Purdy just do an interception on a drive. So sorry, Niner fans. Yeah. Uh, Packers. Not only did they lose, but they lost to the laughable Broncos. Like, and their quarterback, their his pass rating is trash. It's under 80. <laughs> he his off target is a third high. His off target rate is a third highest in the NFL behind Deshaun Watson and Kenny Pickett. He's not <laughs> progressing. He's not progressing. Matt LaFleur no. is was looking good because of Aaron Rodgers. Without a shadow of a doubt, they're in trouble. Uh Talk yeah. about bad coaching. I'll throw Josh McDaniels in there too. And the Raiders, oh, that God. loss. Yeah. See, that made you cringe. That Whoa, loss. Hey? What was that yesterday by them? You're playing an undrafted quarterback um, who got smoked basically in college and you got lit up by him. It was something yeah. else. That's crazy. <laughs> like, Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. Oh, and we said that God. when he was hired. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a break. If that was Al Davis, he would have fired him last night. Oh, Mark Davis. He should take all. <laughs> no, if Al Davis was still around, oh. he would have fired him. For yeah. Sure. I'll say Mark Davis, this is all his. It's on his feet yeah. or doorstep or whatever it is, man. That's yeah. horrible. Oh, big time. 
Jeez. He, this goes back to Bianchi or whatever that coach was. Should have yeah. kept that guy. Should have kept Derek Carr, everything. And then Adam added, what's his name? Adams. Ah, this team, what a joke. Mark Davis wanted the big name. I don't know why he went out McDaniels, but I guess after Gruden, everything just went downhill. And not oh, that Gruden like, was doing very well there anyways. When you said the big name, I was like Garoppolo? Uh, no, uh, yeah. Not Garoppolo. Yeah, you get a car for Garoppolo is basically the same thing, really. Oh, um, Garoppolo gosh. just had good teams in San Francisco. so And Chicago. I think this is showing you just simplify your offense for when Fields is in. Why you're trying to make this guy a pocket quarterback. You know, this guy that they had in, an undrafted guy, like you said, they pulled the playback playbook back. Do that for Fields. Do that for Fields, man. Like, they're just inundating this guy with stupidity. Any which way. Sorry. Are you going to trade uh, Daniel Jones in the offseason? If you can find a soccer for him, sure. Yeah, I can get rid of him. Uh, we see Tyree Taylor come in two weeks here. And, and you know, it's not like the, uh, the offense is playing lights out, but it's been manageable. And he's been moving the ball way better than Daniel Jones had uh, to start this season. So, yeah, I mean, if you can find someone. Uh, but I doubt anyone's taking on him or that contract. Yeah, you're screwed. Oh, yeah. Like, someone might be desperate. I don't know who. Arizona? We still got Kyler Murray, and any chances oh. are you're finishing last, uh, and maybe you can go for Caleb Williams. Who knows? Caleb Williams, he's not going to get a piece of the Arizona <laughs> franchise. That's what no, he wants, isn't it? Yeah, but he's not. Yeah. The only, the, reason, the only way he would come out, probably, in that situation is if they gave it to him, right? Yeah. If they don't, he'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to sit back for another year. And make money in college. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. That's going to screw someone one year, though. It's like, oh, yeah, you got a hundred grand this year, but now you got injured, and now you can't go to the NFL because you want to stay a year in college. Yeah. That'll happen for sure. Yeah. Any which way. <laughs> uh, you have any shout-outs? Yeah, I'm going to give one to a uh, shout out to Christine Sinclair, who uh, this week announced that she's retiring from international soccer for Canada. Uh, she's retiring as the all time leading goal scorer, uh, male or female, 190. Uh, she made her first appearance back in 2000, 327 caps, uh, which are the most in Canadian history, six World Cups, three Olympic medals, um, ending up with a gold at Tokyo 2020. So great career for her and shout out to her as well. Just a legend. Yeah. Like she's had the most impact on Canadian soccer than anyone, men or women. Yeah, for sure. Big time. Wow. Legend. Congrats. Benny, you have anything to say to our friends? Uh, you know what? Just thanks a lot for listening. Uh, thanks again, Fahrenheit Airbrushing. Don't forget, subscribe, follow, uh, leave us a like or a comment, uh, and have a good couple of days. And in the famous words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Ray and Benny Puff Sports. Hey, friends and neighbors, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Ray Denny Sports. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Leave a like, leave a comment, tell us what you think.